0: This is Becoming Your Brand with me, Sarah Holmes, a brand strategist, teacher, content lover, former designer, and your biggest cheerleader. I know that you're building a business that you're so passionate about that you want to shout it from the rooftops, but sometimes your voice gets lost with everyone else shouting around you too. The online world is busy and I want to help you find your true place in it so you can stand out, show up naturally online, and show your audience that out of everyone in your industry, you are the person that they just have to work with. So grab yourself a coffee or get on with that workout, enjoy that morning walk, whatever it is that you do while you're listening to your podcasts, and soak in everything from this week's episode. Let's dive right in. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing my friend? How is your week going? It will be a Tuesday when I'm sharing this so I hope that you've had a great start to the week and this is a podcast episode that I have decided to share kind of on a whim but I was reflecting this month, obviously it's January and this is, well it's January when I'm recording this, don't know when you're listening to it but it'll be relevant no matter what month it is. Um, But I Decided to do some reflection at the end of last year on what my biggest realizations were from my second year in business. And I thought it would be nice for me to just share these on the podcast because either they can be helpful for you, maybe to change your view on certain things in your business um, or the business world or maybe they're things that you have kind of already figured out before me, which is fantastic. And, you know, we can connect on the fact that we have that thing in common and, you know, we can, yeah, send me a DM if you, you know, one of these points resonates with you, because I love to chat to you about, you know, your opinions and your learnings um, throughout this crazy journey that we call entrepreneurship. (laughs) And yeah, let me just dive into this bullet point list I have. I've got eight big realizations from my second year in business and yeah, we'll just see what stories and what things come up from me sharing this list. Um, So number one, my number one realization from my second year in business is that you can be imperfect and you can still earn money. You do not have to heal every single limiting belief, past trauma, mindset block to be able to run a thriving business. This was something that I think that I needed to learn little by little, but I would kind of feel maybe from the marketing that was out there, like I had so much shit to heal (laughs) that I would never be able to get consistent clients, I would never be able to make good money, that I always had to be, you know, healing mindset blocks and that every time that I kind of said to myself, well maybe I don't want to do that or maybe this doesn't feel right, like is that a block? Is that a limiting belief? And you know, it came to, it got to the point where it felt like I actually was just putting that in my way, like making an excuse for why I wasn't achieving certain results or you know, maybe that kind of idea that I had in my head where I was like, is this a limiting belief? Maybe it was just my mind in telling me that I didn't want to hit that particular goal. And that's okay. You know, I don't think that everything has to be a limiting belief a trauma, something that needs to be healed. I think that we can feel like that from what we see online, um, from certain types of marketing tactics. And, you know, maybe that's, that could be why I felt like that. And I'm not sure. Um, But my biggest realisation is that we're all imperfect. We don't need to heal every bloody thing. And we can do just great being the flawed human beings that we are. Number two, you don't always need a mentor or a coach. This was a really big um milestone, I would say in my business this year is that I had been under constant mentorship or in constant courses or I always had somebody who I was working with and while a lot of those experiences were great some of them were really badly timed and I think that I jumped into things that were not exactly for me because of I don't know um scarcity or that you know it was kind of like oh this is running out and you have to sign up by this date and you know I just jumped and jumped and jumped into these things and What I've realized is that the last sort of four months, I haven't been working with a coach and I felt like I kind of had done a lot of different things. I'd worked on my mindset with my coaches, um, I'd worked on strategy um, things in my business too and I felt like I just had enough knowledge and I just wanted to know how I would do if I just ran with it myself and really listened to myself and trusted myself and it's been a really big learning curve in self-trust and self-discipline and learning how to, you know, make moves forward and make bold moves without needing the validation of anybody else. Like I don't need anyone at the end of Voxer to tell me to launch something, or I don't need really someone to tell me how to deal with a client situation anymore. Like these are things that in the past, obviously I did need them because I'd never dealt with, I don't know, a difficult client situation. I'd never launched things before. I hadn't had successful, um, you you know, booked out months. I hadn't hit certain income goals that I wanted to hit, but Now that I've done those things, I I don't feel like I constantly need somebody to be there. And that might go against a lot of um, things that we see online about how you constantly need a mentor and you constantly need support. Um, But I have other forms of support um, from people who I've been in coaching programs with, and we still keep in touch. We do accountability calls. We share things with each other. I've got people I can talk to, and I just don't feel the need to have a constant mentor or coach in my life. And that's been a really big learning curve after two years in my business, after being under constant support. Um, And my self-trust and my confidence in myself is higher than ever. And I would put that down to not constantly looking for external validation from somebody else. Number three, you're going to contradict yourself and that's okay. That means that you're growing. This is something I talked about in another episode of a podcast, Um, maybe it hasn't come out yet, let's see. Um, But I think that we can convince ourselves that if we've changed opinion, if we contradict ourselves in any way, especially in our content publicly, that this is a really terrible thing. And like I just said at the beginning of this podcast, we are all changing and growing so much, like this is a crazy ride, learning how to be a small business owner, learning how to hit goals, learning how to balance life and business. And the first few years, especially, which um, the majority of people who listen to this will be in the first couple of years of their business. That is a crazy ride. And I would be worried if you weren't contradicting yourself. I have things that, like I say, I probably said a year ago that you needed to be constantly in a mentorship program. And now look, I've said that I've spent four months without mentorship and I've realized that that's been great for my self-trust. Yes, I'm contradicting myself, but it's just, it's just a realization. It's just, you know, something that I've changed my opinion on and I'm sharing that with you and that's okay. You know, um, if you weren't changing, that would mean that you weren't evolving and you weren't growing. So If you do have contradictions, I would say this is something that you can share with your audience. You know, it's a great opportunity for storytelling. It's a great opportunity for you to, you know, just step up as a thought leader and say, you know, I thought that this was the case and now it's not. And that's okay. That's what you can do through your content. That's going to position you again as an expert and no one is going to think anything bad of you if that's what you're worried about. Um, a lot of the time I realize that some of the things that I said in my content six months ago or a year ago, people don't even remember. So I'm contradicting myself and I know that I am. Um, but you know, how many people remember? You remember what you say and the majority of people don't. But anyway, don't be worried to contradict yourself. Number four, mindset work doesn't have to take up loads of time or energy in your mornings or evenings. I used to beat myself up so much if I didn't journal for a day. I would be like, wow, I'm not doing the work. People made me feel like I had to, you know, sit down with my journal for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. And people would say, like coaches would say to me, oh, well, you know, journal on that. And I'm like, okay, well I'll journal on it. But you know, sometimes life gets in the way and you don't have enough time to journal. And it actually like was a negative impact on my mindset to worry about my mindset routine too much because I was like, wow, I haven't journaled enough. I haven't done this, I haven't done that. And then it turned into this negative cycle where it was like so much pressure. And what I've realized now is the way that I can work on my mindset is things like being conscious of, I don't know, my gratitude practice. I don't have to sit down and write out what I'm grateful for, but I'm still conscious that I want to feel grateful. So if I'm actually a business friend of mine, Quite a while ago gave me this tip, which was, if you don't have time to journal in the morning, when you are making the bed, think about um, what you're grateful for. Like when you're doing some sort of action or when you're making your coffee, like this can be something that you do just in your brain. It doesn't have to be like a, right, you have to sit down, light a candle, put your incense on, put the nice music on, create the atmosphere. Like, yes, it's nice to do that at certain points. I like to do that sometimes, but I don't have time for that every single day because life's busy and that's okay but making sure that you can still put it in your in your day one way that I've managed to do this is on Mondays and Fridays sometimes it's like Sundays and Saturdays it depends but I have in my Google calendar every single week at the beginning of the week and the end of the week journaling check-in and I schedule out half an hour at the beginning of the week and the end of the week to sit down and actually journal and do a check-in and that is like a non-negotiable for me and really that's one hour a week that I know that I can fit in my mindset practice and during the other days of the week I do things like that my um, gratitude in my head if I can write something down that's quick for like one minute in the morning I will Um, Or if I feel like my mind is very heavy and I need to reflect, maybe I will do extra journaling or something, or I will do meditation, or I've actually started to do a bit more breath work, and that's something that I want to try more of because um, I've realized that that makes me feel really, really good. Um, But I have those two half an hour slots in my calendar and I either do that on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday morning, um, or I then do it on a Friday afternoon, depending on what my Friday looks like, or a Saturday morning those beginning of the week and end of the week check-ins. So mindset work doesn't have to take up loads of time or energy. Um, it's just being conscious about doing a little bit of it, but don't feel like, again, going back to the first point that if you're imperfect or you have some mindset blocks that your business can't work, it totally can. Number five, this is more business related. So the thing that you are offering, your offers should play to your strengths and what you enjoy doing, because that's where you and your clients will thrive. So you might know that I took a major pivot in my business in the second year, this year, about six months ago, I um, went from being a designer, a design company, I was doing branding and web design, brand strategy, and I decided to pivot into more teaching courses, mentorship, for clients to teach you how to do brand strategy and marketing strategy. What I realized was that I really love teaching and being in contact with people. So designing for me just wasn't, it wasn't bringing me the fulfillment. It wasn't bringing me the joy that I really, really wanted out of my business. And, um, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't pushing me forward in my business because it wasn't playing to my strengths. It wasn't what I enjoyed doing. I was a teacher for seven years before this. And I love connecting with people. I love being there with you on the calls. Like when I launched my first group program, when I still was a designer, I was like thriving on these group calls being like coming off them with so much energy. Like I loved what I was doing. And I realized this is what I want to be doing. And It was scary to give up all my design projects and give up that, you know, stable income that I had from those clients, but I did it because I know that my business is going to catapult from that decision because it's playing to my strengths. And this is something now, the business that I have now with my group program, with my one-to-ones, with my courses, this is something that I enjoy doing. I'm good at it. My clients get a lot out of it and it's something that I want to be doing for years to come. And I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been sustainable to stay in a design role that I didn't enjoy because it didn't play to my strengths and it didn't, wasn't what I enjoyed doing. So that was a big realization. Maybe you're in that stage now where you're like, I actually want to pivot my business or change my offers, but I feel scared too. I get it. It feels scary, but you can do this. And, you know, remember that you're building this business for years to come. And playing to your strengths and doing what you enjoy is going to be key in that. Otherwise you're going to burn out and the business is not going to last anywhere near as long as you want it to. And it's not going to grow the way that you want it to, because you're not going to feel passionate about it. So make those scary decisions, pivot, get rid of the offer that you don't like, and start making things that, you know, create an opportunity for you and your clients to thrive at the same time. Number six, money organisation can change your whole perspective and goals and workload. <laughs> One of the things that I found really scary in my business, um, the first couple of years really was my finances. Um, I've never been a person who's really organized with my finances. I know that my housemate who I used to live with had like a spreadsheet and she would save certain things and she put all of how much her, our electricity bill from the flat was in the spreadsheet. And I was like, this is great, but that's just not me. Like That does not come naturally to me at all. And I wished that I could be like that. I was like, God, I wish that was me, but it's just not. And I found it hard to really manage my business finances. And I have an accountant obviously who does like the official documentation for me, but I was relying too much on my accountant. And I didn't really know exactly what bills I had going out and coming in and you know I could have put like a ballpark figure on it but I didn't know exactly what was going out and what was going in and every month I would avoid you know updating my own spreadsheets even if I was making sales I was just kind of like oh yeah I'll do the spreadsheets later and these last few months I've really been strict with myself on looking at like what my costs are I've reduced a lot of costs things that I really didn't need softwares and Um, other things that I was paying for every single month that honestly was just eating into my profit. And that's money that could be going to me in my life and um, things that I enjoy doing. So I decided to get rid of a lot of costs and I started to organize myself so much better. And it really changed my whole perspective on my business. At times when I thought that I really wasn't making that much money, I realized that I was months when i thought that i was doing really well i realized that i wasn't you know it was like a whole eye opening experience to keep on top of my money organization and that links into point number 7 which is that one of another big realization i had this year was that i can lower my money goals and feel more successful and more fulfilled than ever that might sound surprising to you that i have lowered my goals um but the reason I've lowered my goals is because I was operating on somebody else's goals. Basically, the 10k a month pressure was so much in my business. I was like, if I don't hit 10k a month, I'm not a real entrepreneur. Um, if I don't help my clients hit 10k months, they're not going to be interested in working with me. And I had this like whole story around why five figure months were like what I had to do. And once I looked at my money organization, I looked at you know what I was actually earning, how I could increase my profit, I realized that from my yearly corporate salary when I was working in Barcelona in a sports brand, they used to pay me 19 grand a year. Like the, my salary was so low and I'd never been on a salary higher than that. So when I looked at what my business was earning, I was like, Jesus, like, I don't know why I'm not grateful <laughs> at the fact that I've created this job for myself that I'm actually earning way more than I was in this bloody office job that I hated. And why the hell am I pressuring myself to hit 10k months and spend, you know, hours and hours in front of a computer screen when I have a life that I love. I live in Barcelona, for God's sake. Like, I don't want to be sat here creating more content and planning more launches when I could be out with my boyfriend drinking a cocktail and having, you know, a meal in a nice restaurant in Barcelona. Like, those are my priorities. I want to be doing those things. I realize that i don't actually want to be building a company that's like i don't know maybe this will change in the future but for right now my my money goals have changed and i just want to be earning a really great wage so that i can be doing the things that i want to do that is my goal for 2023 i want to go on the holidays that i want to go on i want to go out on the weekends and buy what i want to buy and i'm not aiming to build an agency with a huge team or, you know, hit crazy goals, or get investments from anyone, or, you know, I just, I have this business for me, and to help other entrepreneurs, who probably are in in the same opinion as me, where, you know, they do just want to have a great life, they want to have a great life, they don't want millions and millions in turnover, and that's not interesting to them, and I've realized that by me sharing that, I thought it might put people off from working with me, but I was like, no, because the people who are wanting to hit these big money goals, for instance, they're going to go to the coach who's sharing the post about how they hit 100k a month. And that's not me. My goal is to help people balance their their lives and their businesses, making great profit and enjoy the process. That's what I want to do. And that's what I've realized over this year. So my money goals have changed when I work with clients. We we work like look at that too. And a lot of my clients are like, yeah, you know, I thought that I really cared about 10k months, but I actually don't give a shit. I love my life, you know, and that's where we want to be. So that was a massive realization for me this year in my second year of business. And then the last one, number eight, which I think is so important and you might not have realized, is that 98% of people in your audience will never buy. They're never buying from you. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a true figure. I'm just like plucking that out of, of out of thin air. But what I mean by that is that there's a huge proportion of your audience who will never buy from you, okay? Because everyone is in a different part of the buying um, buyer journey. And at each one time, I probably could look up the actual figures on this, but more or less at each one time, there's like two or 3% of people in your audience who are ready to buy and who will decide to buy. And as you know, if you build your audience, for instance, on Instagram, people have some people have thousands, thousands of followers, but not everybody's buying from them. But what is really important here is this instead of focusing just on the sales and just on who is buying, enjoy the process. Enjoy the process of sharing your knowledge. Enjoy the process of sharing your content. Enjoy like helping others and inspiring others and, you know, make that make you feel good. You know, that is what's important. Um, I see too many people, again, myself included and clients that I work with who are just focused on like, I need to post this thing to make a sale. And when you forget that the majority of your audience are there to be entertained, to feel good, to feel something when they watch your content, when you're focusing just on the sales, you are alienating a huge part of your audience. You're alienating them. They want to be entertained. They want to feel normal. They want to read stories. They want to get to know you. They want to be entertained. They want to learn something like that's what the purpose of your content is not just selling. So when you get that in your head, that 98% more or less of people are not buying and you just start to enjoy the process of sharing your knowledge and helping others and you know engaging with other people building relationships then that will be a game changer for you in your mindset it will also mean that your energy will change and the way that you show up online when naturally the other 2% will start to decide to buy from you but if you're always focused on forcing and forcing sales that's not going to be good. And you're going to burn out in the content hamster wheel thinking that the more content that you create, the more sales that you'll get. And that's just not the case. So enjoy the process. Enjoy retaining your audience, enjoy entertaining them, enjoy inspiring them and your outlook on content creation and marketing will change forever. And yeah, that is my eight my list of my eight biggest realizations for my second year in business. If any of them have really stood out to you and you're like, wow, yeah, actually, I either already realized that or I didn't realize that, but you've made me think about it and look at it from a different perspective or anything like send me a DM on Instagram. I love talking about this stuff. I love hearing what you've enjoyed about the podcast and everything. So send me a DM and don't forget if you're enjoying the podcast, please do hit the follow subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening Um, share it with someone who you know, if you feel like they would want to um, listen to the topics that we're talking about, about branding and marketing and mindset for small business owners. And yeah, I will see you in the next episode.